You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. All right, so I'm going to take you down to Texas, Mesquite and Dallas, and Prisma Reyes. 2019, she was a paralegal who lived in Mesquite, Texas. She had also served in the National Guard. Uh, She was also working part-time at a car dealership at the time. She left her second job at this car dealership for lunch on the afternoon of April 17th. She was spotted having lunch with an ex-boyfriend at the E-Bar Tex-Mex restaurant, and the ex apparently got upset that she answered her phone during their lunch, and she went outside to take the call. While she was outside taking the call, he just gets up and leaves. Prisma upset by this, stays at the restaurant and drinks for another three hours until she's actually cut off by the bartender and asked to leave. According to the police, they interviewed the bartender and he had said that she had gotten verbal with him when he cut her off and they basically like threw her out. He couldn't say whether Prisma was intoxicated when she left. So she leaves the restaurant. She's apparently involved in a verbal road rage incident directly after with a driver that she cuts off and they both uh, end up being stopped in in this um, intersection. And the driver calls the police because they say that she actually brandished a weapon pointed it at her and then took off. This person was able to get the tag number, was able to describe her, what she was wearing and the vehicle she was driving, which was a white Jeep. By the time the police got there, she was she was gone. She was long gone. So they're kind of like looking for her at this point in this road rage incident. Surveillance video of her from her in the restaurant. It shows in the surveillance video having a drink. She's talking on the phone. She looks like she's having an okay conversation. Doesn't look like anything out of the ordinary. Somewhere between the road rage incident, her leaving the restaurant, somewhere after that, and this was around noon, she got to the restaurant. She stayed for three hours. So around 3 p.m., she leaves the restaurant. There's a road rage incident. Between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m., she makes an hour-long phone call to her babysitter. She has a six-year-old son at home. And according to the police and the babysitter, this was considered somewhat strange because this was an hour-long phone call where Prisma is simply letting her know that she would be there at 7.30 later to pick up her son at the normal time. Like, did she forget to hang up? Was there more to the conversation that the babysitter didn't want to talk about? Like, what's going on there? That was never, like, released to the public. 
So we know that there's an hour-long phone call to the babysitter, but we don't know really what that conversation was. Then between 5.49 and 6.01, she makes nine calls on her cell phone. She calls her ex four times, the one that she apparently just had lunch with, calls him four times, made a separate three-minute call, and then calls her ex again. There's a total of four calls lasting no longer than one minute. The second-to-last call at 6 o'clock was to an out-of-state friend. She tells this friend that she needs help, that she's confused, she doesn't feel right, that something's not right with her. Um, and But this person is cleared later due to being out of state, obviously, and says that they, they don't know what happened to her. So this call is the infamous elevator call that I'm about to tell you about. So, Did she get fucking drugged? I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing you would. I, I don't know. Someone, There's so many. I'm sorry. I know exactly what the fuck I feel like when I'm drunk. Not once have I ever told someone that I was confused and that something wasn't right. Yeah. Like, you know when something's not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have questions. Okay. okay. Police released this security video that shows Prisma. She's running into a parking garage of the Olympus, which is an apartment complex, Ross Apartments, along Ross Avenue in Dallas. This is where her ex-boyfriend lived. She pulls up on the surveillance video She pulls up outside the parking gate. She, like, parks abruptly, like, right outside the gate. It's pretty much a no-parking zone. She jumps out of her white Jeep and runs to the gate on foot and follows a car in. Like, as if she doesn't have the code, she's not supposed to be there, she's sneaking in. In this, there's two videos. In the next video, yeah, it shows her swaying back and forth. She's on her cell phone. This is the the infamous elevator call. So she's standing in front of an elevator. She's talking to this friend that was out of state. She looks upset. She does look confused. I think she looks like something is not right. Her, her face looks really upset. Yeah. So another resident who lived in the apartment complex later says to the police that she was crying like she had actually gotten onto the elevator with her and says that she was crying on the elevator. Well, you can see it in her. You see it right under oh, her yeah. eyes on her cheeks and yeah. stuff like the red in yeah, her yeah. face, the flush. Yeah. This person also said that they did not see which floor she got out on because they got off of the elevator before her. Another witness claims that they saw her on the top floor of the parking garage and this woman said that she saw her up there sitting down with her back up against a silver car that had the trunk open and she was crying she said she spoke to her and asked her if she was okay Prisma apparently snaps at her tells her she's fine and to leave her alone So the woman does so. This witness mentions that she did not see any other human being on the top of that in the parking garage up there with her. It was just her. Very strange. That woman would be the last person to ever see her alive. They identified the person that had been talking to her on the phone. She didn't have any information about where she was. She just said that she seemed upset, like something wasn't right. You see her in the surveillance video ending the phone call. So 
She's never seen leaving the building. Of course, not all of the exits had cameras, but most of them did. And there was a camera that was pointed at her vehicle. You can see her get out of her vehicle and go in, but you never see her come back to her vehicle. And her vehicle is actually found exactly where she parked it the next day, gets on an elevator and just vanishes. Lieutenant Biggs of the Mesquite Police Department said this is very challenging. Just the fact that she's seen on video one minute and the next minute she's gone. Unfortunately, we just haven't gotten a lot of leads on this case. Dan, who has been in Prisma's life since she was five years old, told Dateline he thought that she looked distraught in the video and believes it's possible something terrible happened to her while she was at the apartment complex. She got bad news or something. He added that Prisma's disappearance has been hard for the entire family, especially her young son. I mentioned that the apartment complex was her ex-boyfriend's apartment complex, but apparently it was verified with police that after he left the restaurant, he left town. He went out of town and was with several friends for the rest of the night. So he has an alibi. He was not at the apartment complex when, when she went there. And we can only assume that she went there to find him. It was also said that Prisma, while she was in the National Guard, had bought a gun. She said for protection because she believed someone was stalking her. She never said who. And a witness said that on the day of her disappearance during the road rage incident, this is the gun that she pulled on the woman in the car. And it should also be noted that this gun was found inside her Jeep after her disappearance when they found her car. For her to have told someone that she felt like she was being stalked, that someone followed her into that complex or knew where she was going or drugged her or something. So I have a weird question. Follow me. Okay. Her ex-boyfriend lived in this place. Correct. Other people who live there have likely seen her and him coming and going or just her lots of times. Probably, yeah. So this bad person might fucking live there. Yeah, I could see that for sure because this apartment complex, it's a building that you have to, like it has all of this security around it. It's got its own parking garage where you drive in, there's a gate. It's got security to get into it. Or they've just noticed her. Because noticed her, followed her, yeah, like that, noticed her show up that day. That's part of the reason that like I don't do things on a schedule. Like when I was working from home, I didn't go run at the same time every day. I didn't go yeah. get groceries. I didn't go, you know what I mean? I had no routine about me, mainly because if, if some guy knows you're going running at 8 a.m. every morning... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hello. What I would do is I would run from my house. I had a park that if I go and run around the park and go back, it was a mile. And so, or I could just stay there at the park and keep doing laps and run home. And, you know, so I pass probably 15 to 20 houses on the way. Oh, yeah. There's no telling. There's no telling who's in them. 
There's no telling oh, if yeah. some guy's just crashing out on a buddy's house and he, you know, like you just don't really I mean, know. Yeah, and he perks up and notices yeah. you. Yeah. Common yeah. sense investigation to me in my head. Yeah. Like there is no way out of this building without being on camera. So Pretty if much. If you're watching the fucking cars leave, like I lived, one of the places that I lived in Dallas, our garage, our parking garage was like in the middle of our apartment complex. If that's the only way to leave the building, I don't fucking know. Like according to when she went missing, you'd need to look at every car that came and that left, that mainly left. Yeah. There was every car oh, yeah. that was there and that left. And did this silver car that had the trunk open leave at some point in that time period? like did someone was that someone's I mean this could have been the guy you know that you're that noticed her and she's you know maybe he put her in the trunk of that car and drove her out of there I mean who knows and it just so happens to be on the top level where there's no camera that's fucking weird yeah yeah oh, no. now there was apparently one exit that was not covered by a camera not surveilled yeah. If she had left on her own volition, she would have walked to her car, to her Jeep that was covered by surveillance, and you would see her get into it and leave, and that never happened. So how long was her fucking Jeep just chilling out there? It was found the next day. Well, because she was reported missing. She never showed up to get her son at 7.30, and by 9.30, the babysitter called the police and reported her missing. From then, they started backtracking where they saw her and whatnot and found her car the next day parked outside of this apartment complex. Oh but another thing with your theory about the person who lives in the apartment complex, they would also be aware of what exits where the cameras and entries are. have cameras. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a really good theory. And all of this, by the way, happened between noon and 6 p.m. So in just six hours lives have changed and here's another thing um that you just freaking mentioned the witness who saw her on top of the the garage next to the car they showed her a picture she said yeah that's that's her that's the girl i saw and she also said that she had seen her in the same location days prior with an unknown male so this woman this witness the last person to ever see her alive did in fact see her before around the apartment complex because she was able to identify her almost immediately. I don't know if this unknown male was ever identified as, as her ex-boyfriend or I would think that if that person was identified as the ex-boyfriend, that would be a known fact by now. Right. And this is where my theories go way down a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a large building next to this apartment complex that construction was actually going on at the time. And during the week that Prisma, Prisma was last seen, and specifically the day that she was last seen, they were actually pouring concrete next door. Oh, shit, the bed. How do you do that? X-ray? I don't know. I am. I have no idea. I mean, I would love to know, but I'm sure that there's there's a lot that goes into it, like s extremely expensive gear and so on. That's so strange. I wonder 
visibly what they could have seen because I, I a lot of construction sites are under surveillance especially in Dallas yeah you could just go in there and steal a whole bunch of shit or a squatter could come oh, in yeah. and try to sleep there you know whatever I don't know is that she never left the apartment complex she is still there somewhere in a wall in a something I don't Showing know but she's she, still there yeah yeah exactly or <gasps> number two she was smuggled out in a different vehicle. Raven, what if it's like what? a fucking like maintenance guy? <gasps> I mean, that's anything is possible. Anything and they is would possible. have like all the access to all the hiding spots, all the, you know? Oh, 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 did anybody check the water tower? Do they have a freaking water tower? Somebody check the water tower. <laughs> Stop it. I'm just saying. Yeah, they that's, It's happened before. Yeah. Did we check that? Oh, my God. But, yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of theories. I guess I should add anyone with information about Prisma's whereabouts. Call the Mesquite Police Department who is handling her case. There's also a Facebook page at Fine Prisma where they have, like, exclusive interviews and stuff from the family. So, you could probably get a little more information there. As of now, it's still unsolved. Let's introduce you real quick. Go ahead and tell me who you are and what your relation to Prisma is. Well, my name is Dan Fuchs. I'm Prisma's stepfather. I raised her since she was about five years old. So I'm really the only dad she ever knew. There have been so many newscasts on it. And and then, you know, the information fluctuates on each newscast. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I know Nancy Grace, Gray, Hughes, explore with us. Uh, investigation discovery um i i I can't even begin there's been so many of them people magazine people online magazine well let me ask you this in all of those interviews all of those people that have uh done this case so far have they got the information correctly or is it again one of those things where they kind of skew things once it gets out there the actual detective on it is Detective Dustin Barrett with the Mesquite Police Department. Okay. That's one thing. Um, where they say that, uh, where it's been said that she was actually on the elevator. Uh-huh. Uh, we never we never had an actual confirmed report that she was seen on the elevator. The only person that we had any contact with her that we have come up with is actually a lady that was on, I believe it was the fourth level part of the parking garage. Okay. She was standing behind a car, uh, with a gray car, a silver gray car with the trunk open, crying. And then the lady had, I guess she was coming, to, going into the building or whatnot. Y'all were correct as far as, you know, she asked, had, uh, was she okay or anything like that? I guess being in the state of mind she was in at that time, the lady may have mis- mistook what she said or how she said it. Yeah. Because uh, she may have jumbled up some Spanish and English together. Right, yeah. Uh, that's really hard to say. And that was uncovered. The only people that really knew about that at the beginning was the uh, actual police department because they actually spoke to the person. Right. And then I have a friend of a private investigator. Uh, he was there, and he actually came across a lady also at the apartment complex. Okay. No, I mean, as far as we know, we never seen she was never seen sitting down anywhere crying or nothing like that. Okay, so she was just standing next to that vehicle crying. Behind it. Behind it. Behind yep. it. And there were no other people around when this happened? Just the lady who saw her and Prisma? Apparently not. 
as far as we can come up with, unless nobody came forward, uh, this is this lady is the only one that came forward with it, and they just happened to cross her somehow or another there at the apartment complex. And then, like, where she ran in through the, the where the car was entering right there, right. she probably ran into that because it was open because the, the walkthrough door at the time, there was just a rock holding the door open. Okay. There was, there was not really, I mean, the only door that you had to actually punch a code to get into was that little car door right there, but you could just walk right into the parking garage thing. And then some of the cameras over there, there was, there's only cameras trained on that first elevator where she's standing there talking on the telephone towards the road. Right. There's, uh, I think there was at one time, at the time, there was six cameras there and I think only two were operable. So I think we speculated on um, if there were, was a, um, stairwell because we didn't know for sure there's there is access to the building but you have to have the code to get through those doors to get into the main building okay the elevator goes from parking level garage parking level to garage parking level that's the only places it goes okay so that was another thing is because we didn't know where exactly the elevator was if the elevator was in the building the elevator that she was in um, we didn't know right. if it was an actual apartment building or if it was in the parking garage part of the building. It's the parking garage portion. Okay. So we don't actually know if she made it into the apartment building itself. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and she was at the restaurant with the ex-boyfriend. Okay. He has confirmed that 100%, so she was there with him. The conversation, they were inside the restaurant and her phone rang. This is coming from the directly from the babysitter she called prisma left the inside of the restaurant went out to her jeep and sat in there and then after that phone call is when the the, the problem between the two of them high detention started getting right there because i guess they were trying to reconcile right get the relationship back together we're not 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 100 positive on it because the ex-boyfriend's really not being very forthcoming on that conversation yeah i figured the babysitter was more length of the phone call was just unheard of because uh, she normally never did do that. But supposedly the conversation was is about upcoming Easter and what they were going to do with the kids on Easter. Okay. And that's coming directly from the babysitter. Is it confirmed or not with this road rage incident, if that was actually her or not? From what I understand, it, it was. There was three people that reported it. Okay. Three separate individuals that reported it. But I have never been able to get a hold of any that documentation of the police report. Yeah, right. So I was able to get one of those police reports. I got my hands on one. And it did have, um, so that person had taken down the tag number. However, I didn't give out that tag number. And I want to say that I cannot confirm if that is actually Prisma's tag number or not, because I don't know her tag number. Yeah. I will see. I don't know it either because right. uh, the only vehicle I know the tag number on for sure is the vehicle that she had prior to that because it was financed in my name. So that's the only way I know that the tag number. The Jeep okay. um, was a, you know, through somebody else, somehow else. I don't know what the deal was with that. I never met the person that the Jeep's name was in. Probably looked at the tag a hundred times, and I couldn't even tell you the first one, first number on it. <laughs> yeah. So when they found her Jeep and they processed it, yep. did they find anything inside? They find her handgun, yes. Okay. Going back to the handgun, she did not purchase the handgun while she was in the National Guard. Okay. 
she purchased that approximately a week and a half, two weeks prior to her birthday. Okay. The last conversation that her and I had, she was planning on coming out here to the farm and actually test firing it for the first time. So did she ever tell you why she purchased the handgun? Because we had heard somewhere that she had told a friend or a family member or something that she was being stalked, and that's why she wanted to get the handgun. Okay, her words to me directly was, well, Dad, I bought the gun because I'm a U.S. citizen now, and I right, and I want to have one. I didn't know of the... Feel like she was being followed or stalked till I talked to uh, a person that she had previously worked with, and he had told me about that. Yeah, because he had gone and picked her up before and left her vehicle wherever it was at because she felt like she was being followed. Yeah, and there there is other entrances into the building, but you have to access the building from the keypad at the at the walkthrough doors to be able to enter the inside of the complex. Right. We don't actually think she ever made it inside at all. We think that maybe she was abducted from the the parking garage itself. Yes. Yes. That parking garage, you, like I said, you could just walk right through the door. Yeah. I mean, there was just, there was a decent sized little rock there holding the door open, which all that stuff now is, is all secured down. Ever since all this happened, I've been to this apartment complex so many times with all the management changes and everything. I think they got a picture of me hanging inside saying, hey, if this guy comes back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I have I have really beat the pavement around. That, that area at Dallas at the time, prior to that, was not so great of an area. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of Section 8 housing and stuff around there. But now they're revamping it because the area has just grown so much out that way. Right. And there was construction going on, but there's not direct construction right next to where the building was. It was across the street. Okay. And to answer, you know, she was putting in concrete or something like that. There was no structural concrete being poured uh, that week. Okay. There was a lot of, a lot of it had already been poured in, you know, different garages or, I mean, block work and stuff like that. You can't put somebody in a block. Right, right. You know, concrete block. So with the parking garage, so we know that it it's um, a gated parking garage. And like you said, people could just come in and out. Um, however, I was wondering if the video that we saw where she came in, is that the only entrance to that parking garage? Yes, it is. We were saying that we think that's strange that we saw her come in, but we never see her go out, not even in another vehicle. Yeah, yeah, that's well, three years now. That's been the big question. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, it makes you wonder if you saw, if someone saw her standing by a car with the trunk open, did she eventually have to get in that trunk? And is that how she was transported out of there? The detective and I have thrown things back and forth at each other. Different ideas, different things. Uh, when it first all happened, because where her Jeep was parked at in that video, right across the street there, that is not actually an alleyway. It does look like an alleyway, but it belongs to the church okay. that is right beside that. Um, so it's just like a regular street there. It, yeah, there is a like a two-story duplex, like apartment type thing. Okay. To the left of that, to the left of that right there, and that, that is also church property also. Okay. So that's just that's like a private private road right there. But when she pulled up, there was a Penske truck or some kind of some other kind of it was probably somebody moving in or moving out one of the two or something like that parked right directly in front of her. Right. So that's why she was only able to get to that point right there. And the vehicle sat there overnight and was picked up the next morning by a record company, I believe, because of it blocking the road right there. Somebody had called in and said, hey, this is blocking this right here. Yeah. And they towed it off. This case is just so wild. I know. <laughs> I mean, there was even a report 
not long after she had disappeared of a young lady up by Louisville, I guess it was, that went running into Walmart and witnesses saying, oh yeah, that was her, it was her, it was her. Well, yeah. it wasn't her. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've had a lot of, of stuff like that where, oh, we spotted her here. Oh, we spotted her there. And of course you have oh, yeah. to follow up on that. Yeah, I just want to. I just wanted to clarify the couple other things. Also, I want to tell you all thank you very much for yeah. actually putting it out there too. Because, I mean, it's it, it's going on the three year mark now. Yeah, you know, it's we're not far from three years. And the biggest thing we want to see is her come home, and everybody wants to see the embrace of her grabbing my grandson, saying, yeah. "You know, I love you." <laughs> That's I know. the biggest thing. Yeah, I can't imagine leaving my son behind. You know, I can't. Right. I, I can't imagine. So right. I've seen a lot of different things and I've read through some of the forums and that, you know, that we started up and everything else Yeah. and the different pages and that of people saying, well, I heard this and I heard that and I yeah. heard this and I heard that, you know, my best thing is, you know, if you can get the information straight directly from the source. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that was another thing. I mean, her very last phone call was not to the friend that was out of state. It was someone with an ex-boyfriend. Okay. Okay. She, she had talked to the friend that was out of state prior to, not much prior to that, but prior to that, but the very last phone call, because I spoke to him on the phone, you know, I ended up actually speaking to him on the phone. Was this a different ex-boyfriend that the one she met with that day? Yes, okay. yes, okay. yes. Uh, the, the guy that she met with that day, uh, I think they had a, a rocky relationship, you know, prior, and then yeah. there was a domestic violence incident on New Year's Eve, mm. but that was the one that they had ran back across each other, Yeah, and, they, you know, they were talking back and forth he was but he did have a alibi for that night right yes i mean but his out of town it was only like 15 20 minutes away <laughs> okay see that's what i didn't know because i didn't see yeah. where he was out of town i just saw that he right. was out of town yeah he was he wasn't that he wasn't that far away okay. so i mean it's uh i've got a retired private investigator in ohio so i've been working with her for right around october of uh, 2019 yeah. When she disappeared. So we've been going, her and I have been going back and forth talking and everything. And then she started up the Where's Christmas uh, Reyes uh, thing. And then a correction on her name. This was done by the police department. Nobody else's. In Latin America, they use the surname and the maternal name and their last name. So her actual name is Prisma Denise Peralta Reyes. Okay. And, I mean, it's been out there as Reyes. So we just kind of left it like that all along because that's how the, how the police department did it, which... It's quite surprising, but right. you know, a, a lot of people don't understand that they use a, the sir and the maternal name also. That um, yeah, why? Well, and I, I've joined your group too, so awesome. I'm, in, I'm into your group now too. Awesome, yeah. So hopefully we can share around information. Yeah, this you know this can stir stir something up and get people looking. Yeah, that's our our biggest prayer. You know, is just to get her home and try to keep the information out there as much as we possibly can. Right, right. I mean, I, I mean, I, when it first happened, I did everything I could do right, the, right off the bat. And I mean, I got flyers done up. I uh, put up billboards. I mean, anything I could possibly do. Yeah. I mean, it was within a couple of days I was able to have an electronic billboard put up in the area where she had disappeared from. I cannot imagine what your family has gone through. I cannot imagine. My heart goes out to you. It really, really does. Well, I appreciate that. You know, a lot of people say, hey, why am I out there so much? Because I I don't care. I'm putting myself out there because I want to find my daughter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You you do anything for your kids. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I've got four stepchildren and two two biological children. So, I mean, any any one of those six, I'll do anything for. Yeah. 
once again, I want to thank you all again for you know putting a podcast together and putting it back out there. Again, I want to I want to do want to express our thanks and gratitude for that. Absolutely, we just want to find Prisma. Yes, ma'am. You've reached the end of our episode. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Join Raven next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?